All right, welcome back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I'm here with Marty Griffin and John Downing, and we're here to give you a quick roundup of this week in sports. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Very good. Doing awesome. Yeah. All right. Been a great, been a great week. No sweating complaints. Out, sweating out fantasy baseball's final six days. Yeah, John, you've... Uh, you're in the in the money in six leagues, and on the top and four. Yeah. Whoa. I know. I know. I, I probably shouldn't even be talking about it. Yeah, your wife says you haven't been sleeping well. No. No. <laughs> I, a couple hours at a time. Just out of exhaustion. Just it's just stressful. Yeah, it's just <laughs> stressful. Wake up in the morning, check the standings, and. Are you trusting the lineups you're putting in, or are you like just well, that's tweaking the thing. Them constantly? I'm just you're just like one bad move can make all the difference. Like I get it. One pitcher getting shelled can really mess things up. The one bad, hitter going over twenty going over, in a week. Yeah, yeah right. Like, exactly. So, I'm, we'll we'll see. You'll, I mean, I'll let you know the results next week, but we'll see how it goes. So. All right. Well, best of luck to you in that regard. All right. Um, I guess we should just get right into our 34s here in the second season of the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. Uh, Marty, you want to kick us off? Sure, yeah. uh, Almost like last week, there's just a lot of array of good 34s out there in almost every sport that we cover. Um, I had kind of a little bit of a hard time, but uh, you helped me kind of narrow that down, uh, Nesto, with what you're going with. So I'm doing uh, Hakeem. The Dream, Olajuwon. Uh, I like Probably him. my second favorite player growing up as a kid behind Michael Jordan. Uh, this was a guy uh, coming into the league early 80s. We're talking uh, Houston Rockets drafted him in 1984. He played until 2001 with the Rockets. And then that throwaway year with the Raptors, which I really never, still today, never understood. I didn't even know Why that. he went that way, yeah. It was so weird to see him in the, uh, that was the old uniforms, those horrible uniforms too, with the T-Rex on them. Which Just, I heard that they're bringing back for some uh, games this year. Uh, I get it for like little throwback jerseys, but yeah, those are so bad. Uh, two-time NBA champion, two-times finals MVP, uh, probably one of the best post players to ever play the game, uh, NBA, NBA most valuable player in 1994, 12-time All-Star, six-time All-Team first team, uh, three-time All-NBA second team, uh, Two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, which is amazing, too. Uh, we talked about it last week, too, with Shaquille O'Neal. This is a guy who really shut, shut Shaquille O'Neal down early in uh, Shaquille's early years coming into the league when Shaquille was at Orlando. Those couple of series that went to the finals when it was Orla- uh, the uh, West Coast Finals when he went to uh, Orlando and Houston, uh, which Shaquille O'Neal still talks today like he had to better his game. Hakeem Olajuwon made him a better post, post player for it. Uh, gives him a lot of credit to his career as well. Uh, so, yeah, NBA's 50th anniversary. He was an all-time team. Um, University of Houston retired his number, uh, number 34 as well. Five slammer jamma. Absolutely. Clyde Drexler, who Clyde went on to play with him after leaving uh, Portland. Uh, so, got a ring um, with him, Mario Eli, um, and Charles Barkley. A lot of good players uh, that came. Robert Ori, who... Won a lot of rings, a lot of different teams. Sam Those, Cassell. Yep, Sam Cassell. Love Sam Cassell as well. So, yeah, my 34, 
Hakeem Olajuwon, the dream. All right, I'll uh, I'll go next. I decided to go with my dad's favorite player. Uh, he was born in Chicago. My grandfather grew up there. Uh, so uh, living in Texas, they were a big Bears fan, uh, Bears fans, and uh, which basically meant they were anti-Dallas Cowboys fans. <laughs> um, watched a lot of Steelers too, uh, but but Walter Payton uh, was my dad's favorite player. Sweetness. Uh, he was selected fourth overall in 1975 draft by the Chicago Bears, with whom he spent 13 seasons. Uh, he began his football career in Mississippi, where he was born, but he didn't join the football team until his junior year, and actually only under the condition that he could stay in the band. Uh, he was a drummer in the marching band. His school, John J. Jefferson High, was integrated with the neighboring Columbia High, so uh, some Remember the Titans-esque shit went down there. The black head coach uh, was actually the one who was demoted to assistant coach in Peyton and some of the other black players actually sat out. Despite that, though, his performance eased the tensions around the integration because nothing will galvanize a school like a winning football team. Uh, and he made it to the all-conference team two years in a row. As a pro, he finished 10 of his 13 seasons with over 1,200 yards. Uh, he was the Super Bowl champion in 1985, although he did not score a touchdown uh, in that game, that was obviously the uh, famous 15 and 1 85 Bears. Mike Ditka's biggest regret actually was that he wasn't able to uh, get Peyton a TD in the game. Um, so, pretty cool there. In 1984, Walter Peyton actually took snaps in a game as Chicago's fourth string quarterback and once served as emergency punter. So, all around athletic guy. I was watching, so NFL released uh, its top 100. Um, so in honor of the NFL's 100th anniversary, um, this past week, they've been releasing the top 100 plays of all time in NFL history, um, top 100 throws, top 100 catches. And anyway, the other day I was watching the top 100 throws, and it's like all quarterbacks except for a couple. You remember Antoine Randall L. in the oh, Super yeah, Bowl. That was absolutely. One of them. Uh, but Walter Payton was in there around number 50 or so, throwing a touchdown pass as well, which I, I, I didn't realize. Nope. Very nice. He uh, only missed one game in his 13-year career, and that was in his rookie season. Insane for a running back. Uh, the never-die-easy mentality, which he adopted from his coach at Jackson State, Bob Hill, which wound up being the title of his posthumously released autobiography, um, basically meant, you know, earn every yard, never run out of bounds, uh, do as much damage to the defense as you can every time you're on the field, and, and fight for those extra inches. Um, also, one of the things my dad uh, would tell me about him was that he, at the end of every play, was the first person off the turf. He would uh, pop right up real quick. He would force the ball forward a little bit, place the ball forward, and pop mm -hmm. right up. And he said... Um, that he once heard in an interview that Walter Payton thought he probably advanced the ball a thousand yards in his, his career, career. Uh, wow. just by doing that because you know they didn't have the sort of review practices clock, that they do yeah, now. Exactly. Uh, so that he he would before anybody could even really get on it, he would just put it up and and, and pop right back up. Well, it used to be the line judges back then would run out and guarantee the mark by the head referee, which was never easy in mm -hmm. that situation. 
So uh, he was one of those. He's one of those athletes that you can tell who it is just by the way his body moves. Um, he pioneered the stutter step as a way to distract the defense on long runs. Uh, he's famous for saying that it startled them into thinking and then gave him an advantage over players who were actually faster than him. Uh, brought back the stiff arm, which had sort of uh, lost its appeal in the 70s among running backs, and he had an unusual running gait. His knees were only minimally bent, and he generated most of the motion and power uh, from his hips. So um, getting back to only missing one game mm-hmm. in... 13 seasons, the way he ran uh, probably saved his knees a lot of wear and tear, especially with his physical style. And Although he did have arthroscopic surgery on both of his knees in 1983, uh, procedure which he referred to as an 11,000-yard checkup. <laughs> um, in February 1999, uh, he announced that he had a rare liver disease, uh, which wound up leading to uh, bile duct cancer. Um, and he spent his final months as an advocate for organ transplants. I remember watching this, the... Uh, press conference with my dad and Walter Payton's there with his son and he's in the leather jacket and he looks like a shell of himself very skinny mm-hmm. and he's crying uh, and that was really one of the the first professional athletes passing um, that I remember and uh, I, I just remember it being a really powerful moment seeing that there with my dad his favorite player you know and sort of his sadness and his feelings uh, at that time. Um, obviously, the league has um, honored him with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for achievements in community service during the season, um, and that's a huge honor for for anyone uh, who is the recipient of that. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, seven-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro, MVP in 1977, two-time NFC Offensive Player of the Year, Rushing and touchdown leader in 1977, NFL's 70s and 80s all-decade team, Pro Football Hall of Fame, College Hall of Fame, retired number 34 in Chicago with 16,726 yards, 110 rushing touchdowns, 4,538 receiving yards, and 15 receiving touchdowns. My number 34 is Sweetness, Walter Payton. And a special shout-out to him, too, for... Families carrying on his name, creating the Walter Pater Cancer Fund in 2002, which Kerry Strong still today, and which uh, Mike Ditka, his coach, refers to as the greatest player he ever seen, and a greater even an even greater human being as well. Mm-hmm. Which we have why we have the Walter Payton Award in the NFL today. What are you gonna say, Johnny? Oh, his son also played at the University of Miami as a running back. About good to know. 10, 15 years ago. But never quite made it in the NFL. I mean, he did make it to the NFL, but never as like a, a star player. He was a backup. Didn't last very long in the league. Definitely was. He was uh, not as good. Yeah, let's <laughs> just put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. All right, Johnny. I think we all know uh, who we're about to hear about next. Charles yeah, Barkley. No big deal. Charles Just Barkley. the greatest clutch hitter in the history of baseball. Single-handedly changed the franchise. Of the Boston Red Sox, from uh, the longtime losers to the dominant team in the 21st century, eclipsing the uh, once great Yankees as the uh, new team to beat in Major League Baseball. 
David Ortiz, born November 18th, 1975, nicknamed Big Poppy, Dominican-American, former Major League Baseball designated hitter, first baseman, played 20 years, uh, mostly with the Red Sox. He did play uh, a little bit with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, during his 14 seasons with the Red Sox, he was a 10-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion, seven-time Sil- Silver Slugger winner. Ortiz also holds Red Sox single-season record for home runs with 54, which he set during the 2006 season. Um, so what I remember Big Poppy for is when they got when they acquired Big Poppy from the Minnesota Twins. It was prior to the 2003 season. And nobody had signed Big Poppy yet. Um, he was an okay player on the twin, Twins, but he was Dominican and he was friendly with Pedro Martinez. And uh, Pedro Martinez tells of a story how he convinced Theo Epstein that in uh, in January, right before spring training was about to start in 2003, that he should sign David Ortiz to the team. Um, they had already signed Jason Giambi's little brother, Jeremy Giambi, to play first base. So the 2003 season began with Jeremy Giambi sucking badly at first base. And then whenever Ortiz would get his opportunity, he was coming through, coming through big time. And then as the season went on, you could just see that uh, clearly David Ortiz was the much better player. And Ortiz solidified his role as a, as a hitter that you want in the middle of your lineup right next to Manny Ramirez. And, of course, they end up losing in seven games to the Yankees um, in the 2003 American League Championship Series. But then in 2004, after being down three games to none to the Yankees, it was David Ortiz who ignited the the um, come-from-behind four games to three win over the Yankees and led them to the World Series. And then, you know, again in 2007, 2007 the Red Sox won the World Series. Um and then again in 2013, you know, with some unbelievable clutch post postseason moments, you'll never forget the uh, sending Tory Hunter over the wall against the Tigers for mm-hmm. the win for the go ahead grand slam, um, and that enabled the Red Sox to beat the Tigers to advance the World Series. And then once they were in the World Series in 2013 against the Cardinals, they could just not they could not get him out. It was yeah. hit after hit after hit after hit. I've never seen someone be so that dialed, locked, so that dialed in, in locked yeah. in. Just Absolutely. every time he came to the plate, and then he had the big. Uh, they were in St. Louis, and he called the team together in the dugout, and he had the big. You know, come come to me. This is why we're here. This is why we're playing for. We're playing to win it all for the city. Because uh, that was the year of the marathon bombing, yeah. and then they finished off the Cardinals that the classic, year. Classic. This is our fucking city, yeah. city state. And so they won. They won the World Series, and uh, you know his legend obviously lives on. And you know he's won in Boston sports. He's he's up there on the Mount Rushmore, along with uh, you know Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Bobby Orr, mm-hmm. um, Ted Williams, David Ortiz is right up there. There'll probably be a statue out for Tom Brady as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, we did talk a lot about the shooting. I don't really want to get into that because yeah. we're supposed to be celebrating um, right. the players, I think. Or So, that's my 34, Big Poppy, David Ortiz. Nice. I had the, the pleasure of being in Fenway on opening day, uh, Poppy's last opening day, and uh, his daughter came out and sang the anthem, and it was just such a beautiful moment. And I actually, um, yeah, I'm a casual Red Sox fan, but... It was such a 
emotional moment I actually uh, shed a tear. I'm a big baby anyways, but... <laughs> Poop and sugar. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Johnny, got anything you want to say about baseball before we move into the week that was in football? Not much doing with the Cubs getting swept this past weekend by the Cardinals. Go from 63% chance of getting that the was playoffs embarrassing. to, three, to At home, 3% chance. In Chicago, four games, all by one run. By one, one run. And this kind of hits home for us because we all watched Craig Kimbrell with the Red Sox yeah. last year in the playoffs, and it was it was the tension around. It, that. I had I remember I remember telling stories about having to walk around the block while he was pitching because yeah. I just couldn't take it. It oh, was yeah. giving me a, like a freaking heart attack. And then eventually the winning game, Chris Sale had to close it out, walking past Craig Kimbrell because I think Cora had just lost all trust in Kimbrell. Right. He was just too shaky. Mm-hmm. And then Kimbrell holds out, out this offseason because he wanted a $100 million deal, and nobody was even going to come close to that. And then in May, the Cubs step up and say that they're going to pay him $47 million for the next few years. To, and uh, so the Cubs get him, and he, he's doing okay, and the numbers look good, but he had given up a couple winning home runs. And then this past series, you know, the first game, he gives up the tying home run to Matt Carpenter, and then it goes extra innings, and the and the Cardinals pull it out. And then on Saturday, they they had a one run lead. The Cubs did in the ninth inning. Yeah, had to leave Hugh Darvish in so long. I know he. I was pitched, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, to pitch such a wonderful game, which Madden comments will probably he goes go back and look is one of the best games a pitcher's ever pitched. But that that's showing no trust in like bringing in your closer. In that so situation. Saturday, Kimbrel comes in with a one run lead. And immediately, pitch one, home run to tie the game. Pitch two, home run, they're losing. Yeah. That's it. Like He's done. Well, you say that, but they he signed to them for millions of dollars for the next yeah. few years. They're screwed. Yeah. What are you going to do? His fastball doesn't it. move. He throws 96, but it doesn't move. It's straight. And then if it, it's either right down the middle or he's walking, guys. We saw this last year. So, I mean, that, that's all I have for baseball is that the Cubs just kicked themselves out of the playoffs. The Cardinals won the division uh, by coming back in these games. And uh, Astros. Astros clinched the division. Springer, Springer getting three home runs and pretty much four innings the other night. Uh, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders at yep. the right time. But all the baseball races are basically over, unfortunately, due to the Cubs losing. The National League is basically set. For the wild card, it's going to be Milwaukee and Washington, or Washington and Milwaukee. One way or the other, they're close. They're going to mm-hmm. fight it out. But the American League, it's going to be either the A's or the Tampa Bay Rays at the Oakland <clears throat> A's. Um, so Or Indians in and Rays not. I'm sorry, yeah. Oakland, wait, it's going to be the Tampa Bay or the Indians mm-hmm. at the Oakland A's for right. the wild card. And that's basically the only race that we're that we're fighting out for the last six days here, and that's kind of unfortunate because this is my one of my favorite times of the baseball season is the the last final week when we have these really good races going on, and you know they play all the all the games on the final day on Sunday day one you know, game one sixty two they all start at three o'clock and it's kind yeah. of a fun day to do football and baseball and just see all the action. But it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of action this year, so we'll have to wait for the playoffs to provide the baseball action. Awesome. All right, sounds good. All right, we're going to move into NFL now, and we'll take you back a week into Philadelphia for our clip of the week. Uh, enjoy. Um, at that point, that's when I started hearing the, the fire trucks coming down the street. It was like in the far off distance or whatever like that. Smoke started getting worse. 
Then I seen a guy hanging out the window, you know, screaming that his kids was in there and things like that. So I, I ran to the back door, see if it was open, and it was. I ran upstairs, and then I was greeted with smoke. I ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up. And ironically, me and my, one of my, ex, my old co-workers took the ladder off the, off the truck, raised it up, and the system people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. Okay, and we're back. That is hilarious. <laughs> hilarious because it's true. <laughs> it's true, but how on point just to like slide that in to Guys, a situation like that. Phillies fans are so fucking petty. I love it. I absolutely love it. And and kudos to him. Uh, sent out a tweet trying to find this guy and offered to 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 bring him and his family to the stadium for a game called called the guy a hero which clearly he was helping rescue children um hilarious and that and then a moment of redemption this week well so if you don't know what happened the week before on sun on sunday night football it was the eagles at the atlanta falcons and the falcons had just taken a lead on a long julio jones touchdown right. with um, a minute or two to go in the game, and Wentz through get the Eagles get the ball back. Wentz throws it down the left sideline to Nelson Aguilar, and it goes right through Aguilar's hands, and he would have ran it right in for a touchdown. Absolutely. And so the Eagles ended up getting denied and stopped, and the Falcons won the game. So Aguilar was the goat that week. But then this past week, this past Sunday, um, yesterday, he ended up scoring two touchdowns. So he kind of redeemed himself. But the Eagles still ended up losing. Still a couple of drops in that game as well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely having a little bit of issue of uh, bringing the ball in, hands to chest. But uh, see how it works out. They're getting a little bit of salvation. You just mentioned that Jeffries is coming back. They but, said yeah. he's probable for yeah. Thursday. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But hopefully, not probable. Hopeful. Yeah. But should I'm we get hopeful. into the big injury of the week? If you drafted Saquon Barkley, yeah. number one overall. Eh, eh, eh. The guy that kicked my ass in fantasy this week uh, had him, but still didn't hurt him as well. Uh, he had a huge week. But, yeah, that's, I guess, bright spot. You found your future quarterback in, in some aspects, but you you just lost your franchise for eight weeks, you know, minimum in my mind. They said the long end because it's a high ankle sprain. I still say so for four to eight weeks. They have a bye week 11. So yeah. it sounds like they're hoping he, for week Week uh, 12? Week 12. Yeah. He's young. He'll recover. But in my mind also, too, is if they're on a losing trend and playoffs are not hopeful, That's a good hopeful point. I think you need to protect him in the long run, too. That's a good point. As well. So we'll see if he even like returns or, or makes a statement. He's got to be 100% in my mind for him to even take a chance on that or have to be at least sniffing around a, a wild card position, which I don't see that team being in that position that defense is atrocious to say the least as well mm. so i mean T- tampa bay who's been struggling first two weeks put up a lot of points on that defense as well you know this is Jameis winston's looked like crap and they look like a you know a scoring machine against the giants i mean the giants don't stop anyone you can, yeah you can pass all day on them so yeah all right, I guess we can go ahead and mention the score of that game since we're going ahead and talking about it. All right, so we'll just start there. So yeah. Daniel Jones was the big thing of the week, the big hit of the week, the uh, questionable number six pick from the last April's draft where the Giants seemed to uh, be the butt of everybody's 
joke their fans at the time. Were, their fans were booing. The fans were booing in in the but arena. But it's you know it's only one week. But I'd say the preseason Daniel Jones looked phenomenal in the preseason. But you know you take that with a grain of salt because you're going against vanilla coverages and basic defenses. So you know. But still, he did look good. Um, obviously, Eli was terrible the first two weeks, and the Giants were as well. But they go to Tampa Bay this past week, week three, and they pull out the 32-31 victory, um, in large part led by the poise of Daniel Jones, throwing for two touchdowns, uh, rushing for another two touchdowns. It, he hit basically um, all his reads. He, he looked he looked really good in the pocket. He looked poised. Stepping up for the runs in the end zone. And it was against Tampa Bay, so yeah. yeah. But But but, still. Still, in your first NFL start to do that for the Giants, who had been a team that was struggling, doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons. Saquon Barkley got hurt and left the game early. Seemed Uh, to have a little bit of connection with Shepard, which is And Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram as well. Absolutely. So, you know, they went into the game as five-point underdogs, and they ended up pulling it out on the road. So in the NFL, that counts for something. However, the rookie, uh, the gay kicker, ended up missing the game-winning 32-yard field goal for the Tampa Bay Bucks that would have won it. So he did get a little lucky yeah. that Tampa's got a gay kicker. Did I did I miss something? <laughs> His last name's Gay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I was like. <laughs> I was like, if there were, if there was a openly gay NFL football oh, player in the circles I run in, I would have fucking heard about right, it. Exactly. <laughs> we also, you know, is it Shermer who's the head coach? Yeah. Of Giants. Pat Shermer. You know, I mean, yeah. and we've discovered this guy has no gag reflex because he's all over gargling Johnson. You know, this kid's balls and like praising his. Yeah, totally. It's way too early to be like throwing him out there like that. That's just in my mind. That's just a bad move by a coach by just building him up so much. Rather than like bringing him out to the locker room, like, hey, you had a great game, congratulations, but we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of things to do. Yeah. Let's prep. Let's, Let's build this. on this. Let's build on this, you yeah. know? But he's just like making this kid up oh. to be a bright and shining savior. You're the next Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> slow down, you know? Give him a little pat on the butt, but like, I get don't, it, though. Don't because cut the balls and just give him full on. I like, do get it, because they went out on. I, I mean, you got to restrain yourself, but I get it, because they did go out. They went out on the limb. And in the draft, taking him sixth overall, and they got beat to, beat down to shit by everyone. And the and New York media is relentless with yeah, that team. Right. So I I kind of get it a little bit. But it, I do. But it does feel like they're they want to shake their ass. Well, yeah, but they, they're patting themselves on the back for that pick. I get it. But like, it, it is a very young season, and a lot could happen. So just really just find a pace. Yeah. Reel it in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. A little bit. All right. So we'll rewind it to the beginning of week three. Uh, we had. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Yeah. The Gardner Minshew era has begun in Jacksonville. Um, Jalen Ramsey shut up and played, and Jacksonville pulled out a twenty to seven victory. So do you think he's? Do you think he's just gonna suck it up and? Well, he called out sick yesterday. Ugh. Which... Do you think? Do you think he's gonna do the AB thing and try and get released? Well, he, he came. He came to the practice facilities. He did grab some I... stuff and get into his car after yeah. calling out sick. So. He's definitely trying to sit in a tone like, you know, I want out. Like, I definitely think he's, 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 you know, creating a stance with the organization. But, you know, with the AB thing and owners right now, I would I would kind of slow my roll and not go against the organization right, right now and just take my licks. I would really go out and say, you know what, I want to be traded, 
but I am going to play it for you and try to make you a winner until that time comes. And it's that's fine. It's precedent agreement here on that team to the fifty-two other guys that if they're not happy and they don't like it, then they can do similar things and force their way to get, you know, to force a trade within that organization. I think that it'd be one thing like Fitz, Fitzgerald with Miami, where they're obviously tanking and they're not trying as an organization to win. But in my mind, Jacksonville in that division can still compete. They're not that. Yeah. Oh, Minka, okay. Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, you said Fitzgerald. I just, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, who? Fitzpatrick. Yeah, like you know, like demanding something, knowing that an organization's taking a dive and they're going downhill. That makes sense to me. But where Jacksonville can compete in that division in my mind, and mm-hmm. they get it together, absolutely. Don't bail out on your they team. They were in the AFC point. Championship game two years yeah. ago. They beat the Patriots you last season. You weren't unhappy I with kill Nick, them. You weren't unhappy with Nick Foles coming in the promise of of, of your season. He goes down and you lose a game and it's just like jump ship. I don't get it with players right now. Yeah, especially with whatever Uncle... happened to Duval, the yeah. old Jacksonville Brotherhood. Thing. Yeah, especially exactly. with uh, Uncle Rico at the helm. You, you gotta love that. It just blows my mind. These athletes and they're so entitled. <sighs> it's just that kid needs to slow his roll too. You get me mind. fired up. I can't wait to talk about the Patriots I, and Antonio come on. Brown. Well, he hasn't he hasn't completely earned it yet, but you gotta love his swagger. I mean, that's just his. To a degree, but you just you just. Mm, if I'm a defensive player, I just can't wait to like knock this kid on his back and in, in a way like how he walks around has that that bravado in a lot of ways. So I don't know. Well, if he can call if, me old school, be a little bit humble and do your job. You know, I, I just don't know exactly like this whole thing of like you got to be a social media sensation now. Be a little funny. I know he's been this quirky since the college years, you know, playing. I know he's just been that kind of kid, but like, I don't want to just necessarily put myself out there like that right off the bat. My, right off the bat. Well, it's also it's also you know the internet doing that for him. I mean, he's not the one. He's not making the memes that say. Did you see what he's gun- wearing? <laughs> did you see what he's wearing? Yeah, he did, no, but that's his, his own style. cutoffs at Washington State and showing up on the sidelines and gaining attention. You want to go and support your team? Don't be the you know object of attention right there and like support your old you you know your alumni your 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 alma mater in a lot of ways. But I know you like him. You go to six I to like midnight him. on this kid. Oh yeah, you know. But well, it, yeah, I mean, he's you know is he's he the part good of Baker the, Mayfield? He's part of the mustache. Baker Mayfield's the good Baker Mayfield. Are you sure about that? We'll get into that later because I think he sucks. Yeah, I mean, uh, who called him overrated on uh, Get Up? Uh, Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan. Uh, I yeah. not want to agree with Rex Ryan. Pat, Pat McAfee looked like he was about to, like his fucking mind was erased when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. This side note, but it's related. The need to anoint the next great quarterback drives me absolutely fucking crazy. Like, the whole Patrick Mahomes last year thing, like, all of a sudden he was the next great thing. over and under when we got in on this. Oh, my God. <laughs> I get it, though. It's but unbelievable. They, but, and then yesterday they're talking but the about... League knows the league knows they're losing their all, almighty goats very soon here in the near future, so they're trying to build that up. And, build the and, brand. You know, and, yeah, exactly. Tom Brady's boring. I get it. I don't find it boring at all. I, I just, you know, I think people are just who are not a Patriots fan are bored with the aspect yeah. that they're winning every year. Got to find something. So you got to drill it up. I mean, you can't say, you can't say you're spending all year long going, hey, these kids are great for you know Lamar Jackson's great, Mahomes is great, you know, Goff is you know he's getting there. But you know what the fuck does it matter because the Patriots going to win this year? You can't play that narrative, you know, and just say let's enjoy the regular season games because the playoffs don't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just trying to build that up each week. And Patriots have lost in the Super Bowl. It. Yeah. 
All right, so let's move on. The Bengals went into the Bills and came up short yet again. The Bills are on a little bit of a heater right now, but much like the Dallas Cowboys, they haven't really played anybody yet. I feel like we've Just seen this before from Buffalo. Kind of fuck you for comparing the two right yeah, now. That, that was a little, 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 little bit of a ricochet shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a little hot, harsh. <laughs> a little bit harsh. I kind of agree, but like, why did you have to throw it in that way? Johnny, thoughts? I'm a little bit worried about the Bills this upcoming week. I am. That's just that's just me being overprotective of the Patriots and cautious and respecting my opponent. But you know, uh, I, the Bills have a good defense, and Josh Allen. You know, you think Josh Allen's going to be able to score on the mighty Patriots defense? Well, in the past, the mobile mobile quarterbacks have given the Patriots defense problems. However, now that they have Jamie Collins back, and I think he was brought back to take care of the issues with the mobile quarterback as long as they have high tower in the middle. And uh, I think Jamie Collins can be the great equalizer for the mobile quarterback against the Patriots. I don't know. When, when you, as, you know, the Bengals only gave up 21 against the Bills and gave up 41 the week before against the 49ers, you know, it's hard to level. I, I just don't see you having to be too worried about this. I mean, it's going to be their first test with a, with a decent defense to see – but if Buffalo will be fired up, you know. Oh, it's 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 always hard to go in there for the first two quarters, and then it gets really silent afterwards. They always play them hard for like the first two quarters. It's just answering the call and just and staying steadfast against that. What does Brady have the third most touchdowns by a Buffalo player at quarterback? <laughs> yeah, something by a quarterback like playing in Buffalo, yeah. and he's only played there like what fifteen times. A little ridiculous, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I like like you said, kids got small hands. You know, he might. You know when. When the weather gets winter, cold. Yeah, see what he can do. Mr. 37-year-old Frank Gore, just the, the ageless one, just doing a job over there. She's crazy. It's just, in, just incredible to think about. Oh, and they've got a good young tight end who looks like he could be the next Kelsey and Knox. Yeah, Knox is He's good. looking for a sneaky waiver wire tight end pickup this week. Pick up Knox, tight end from Buffalo. Alrighty. The Dolphins continued their tank for Tua tour in Dallas this week. Uh, falling to the Cowboys 31-6. to Made it interesting in the first half. I was working, and I was like, let me just check this blowout. It's 10-6. to I'm like, eh, wow. I think maybe the Cowboys just took it way too lightly going into this week, not preparing. And they covered the spread. They did 22. cover it. I mean, they did, but, you know, it was, it was a little hairy there for a little bit, but they definitely got things rolling in the second half. But uh, you maybe, take anything from the game? No, not really. I mean, it's just so hard to gauge, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think, I mean, you could talk about not having Gallup this week and the receivers still doing a job as a core, you know, a collective group of, of getting the yardage, but this is going against a secondary that's atrocious. So it's just so hard to gauge how to go, you know. It's just nothing. You can't take anything away from Miami, who they play this year. Johnny, you know? I got a question for you. Are this year's Miami Dolphins – a better or worse team than the 0-16 Cleveland Browns? Hmm. Ooh, that is a good question. It's close. What about the 0-16 Lions, too? From a couple years ago. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it should be close. I don't know. I don't know who I'd take. They suck. They suck equally. <laughs> so it was always brought up that Alabama could beat the Cleveland Browns at the time. Oh, yes. Do you, think, do you think Alabama could beat this year's Miami Dolphins? No. Yeah. It is. Those, no, I just think with all those comparisons, professional is professional, right. like, across the board. 
you know, yeah, Alabama looks great. They're destroying college teams, but also professional players as a collective unit being drafted into the league is still your best, or you're like one through five best going at each position. Like, it's still a hard thing mm-hmm. to do. Could they compete there for like what they did with Dallas for half? Maybe, but yeah, it's going to be a blowout by the end of the game in my mind. Yep, completely agree. Okay, we'll keep it moving along. Uh, the Broncos galloped into Lambeau only to be struck down 16-27. to 27. You got to Green Bay, that's a kind of a sneaky team in my mind at 3-0. and That net whole division only has, uh, there's no loss. There's just one tie in that division uh, with the, you know, we're talking Lions. about Lions, Browns, I mean not Browns, uh, Bears, and Vikings. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think this is another sneaky team you got to keep a close eye on because, in my mind, they're only going to get better throughout the year. Um, also, to say, going into past week three, there's been no sacks or no takeaways by the Denver defense as well, so it's hard to gauge what that team brings to the table as well. I know. It's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable thing about on the defensive side. We knew they were going to struggle offensively, but I didn't think they'd be this bad defensively going no. into the season. Um, what about the Packers' offense? Do we worry about them? Because they don't look good. The Rodgers doesn't look right. They don't look right. They've got a few things going right in my mind. Scantling looked good this week. Uh, I think that's an emerging player for them. Uh, you know, that makes it a double threat with, if you can't get it to Adams, you can find find him uh, there as well. Jones, I think, will get going as well as Williams is doing okay. But I just think that's, that's they're still trying to figure out their groove in a little bit with, you know, the head coaching and, Letting them figure out that it's Rogers' team, ultimately, and if they're going to let that run, run its course, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, that's definitely going to be a very interest, interesting division coming down the line towards the end of the season, in my mind. Yeah, it's setting up that way, uh, you know. But I tell you, I think the Green Bay offense looks dysfunctional. They only threw twenty nine times. Yeah, I just feel like it doesn't look like the way. Yeah, you would. I I expect it to. Well, well, that was one of our contested picks, or one of your contested picks, Marty. Um, Johnny had chosen Denver plus seven and a half. Uh, Obviously, that didn't work out. And then uh, we also forgot to mention uh, Johnny had expected Miami to cover Cover. the spread, uh, which they did not. So putting you ahead to nothing so far this week. All right, let's keep going and figure out if I'm going to be the big winner this week. <laughs> okay, moving on to Atlanta at Indianapolis. All right, Falcons going into Indy. Final score of that game, 27 Indianapolis Colts over Atlanta 24, who still again, Atlanta, you know, seems to break my heart in a lot of ways because Matt Ryan is my fantasy quarterback. It just takes him so long to get going in a game. But he always that does end up getting there. Yeah. It seems like, doesn't it? It always seems that way. But I just feel like you know you got to give your defense a break every now and then and jump on top and feel like you can get them off the you know off the field and rested. I feel like that's the biggest problem with this team right now is like you get a lot of three and outs and four and outs because you're just going in and passing like crazy. That you know the offense can wear on your defensive side of the ball and just get you in a hole. I don't know if you agree or not. No, I agree. I do agree. I agree. And they were I were watching. We got the NFL Network here, and they were talking about um, Coach Dan Quinn potentially being on the hot seat now because 
think he has to be. They've they've lost. They what are they? They're like three and seven in their last ten games, which is not what you came to expect from this Falcons team. No, especially with the loaded offense like they seem to have, and you know he's supposed to be a defensive coach, and their defense has only been getting worse. So. I think the Falcons are Quinn's in danger of losing his job if they, you know, finish six and ten, seven and nine, yeah. even eight and eight this year. It's hard to expect any team going down at halftime twenty to three to come back and get the W in my mind. So you just got to figure out right. how you're going to like manage the field and give your defense a chance to to have a couple of stands to to put yourself in a better field position. You know, even if you had to go back to an old school thought of football like Parcells' way of. Hey, we'll throw. We'll try to fire the ball the first two downs and run it the third and not take a chance, and just play punt football and try to bury the guys back. I just feel like they just take a lot of uh, just too many too many risks by throwing so much and running so little. We, yeah. we talked about this going into week one. They were saying they're going to run the football, right? There, yeah, they were saying that Dirk Cutter's offense is finished in the lower. Um, bottom 10 of the NFL each of the last 10 years that he's been an court, offensive coordinator or play caller yeah. in the NFL. So, just don't get it. if they're not going to... you got to run the ball. you know. Right. And they have Freeman and a speed back in Ito Smith. and They can run the ball. Yeah. They just don't. With the exception... And Vikings are kind of getting it together. I mean, with the exception of that... I mean, not, excuse me, Philly's trying to get it together, but they were ahead 13-3 in the first half against Philly. That was a change of pace for them, but... In week one against the Vikings, they're going in down uh, 20, 20, 21 nothing at halftime as well. So definitely something they need to look at strongly. Okay, moving along. We have our next contested pick of the week with Baltimore heading into Kansas City. With Kansas City giving up six and a half. Um, Kansas City did win 33-28, to but Baltimore covers... The spread, Johnny, this gives you the W here. Damn it. Yeah, Lamar Jackson definitely did not look as good passing the ball in this game. And definitely um, had some problems. He came back with his rushing ability and a couple throws that he just chucked up there and praised <laughs> at the end of the some game. Some of those cross-the-field passes. Just oh, like, my God. Oh, he got more. lucky there. It's exciting football but, to watch, but it's also ugly football yeah. as, you know, as football, you know, in the aspect of the game itself. It's just ugly football. So he still has yet to prove to me that this is the you know, Lamar Jackson we should all be afraid of. No, because you know the first two weeks were against terrible teams where he put up big numbers, and this week he plays a good team on the road, and he struggled throwing the ball. He did. He missed a lot of a lot of targets. He, you know, his legs brought him back into the game, but um, the Ravens' defense definitely looked like Swiss cheese, which is unusual to see. Um, they were not happy about it, and they t- they took that on their shoulders in the in post game. They're talking a lot of those guys, those veterans on that side of the ball were like, "We hope we get we get a chance this year to redeem ourselves against this team." Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely hungry, and they're talking about you know working harder every day. I think this team is bought into the fact they know that they can compete in the playoffs and be there, and that's a scary thing to hear from the AFC side because this is a very very hungry team. Um, but I think it really does. I think their success really lands on this sh- this kid's shoulders if he mm. can be a passer or not. He's so fun to watch in the open field or running, but you can't rely on that for 16, 16 games in, in a season, you know. Yeah, I mean, you saw what a, what a good game plan 
will do in the playoffs against him, what the Chargers did with all their defensive backs <clears throat> and their speed in the secondary last season in the playoffs, and it really caused problems for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens' offense. So, I don't know. I have yet to see it. We'll see. Okay. Next up, we have the Oakland Raiders heading into the Vikings. That sounds terrible. <laughs> what happens when a Raider gets into a Viking? Can I just say that I hate this Vikings new offense? I like Dalvin Cook as a player, but I like the Chuck and Duck, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, and Stefan Diggs. And so reserved throw the ball. looking. Yeah. And now it, they're boring as fuck. I just think they... Yeah. How do you I, score 34 points and be boring as fuck? You played the Raiders. You played the Raiders, who were pretty oh. much gave up in halftime, in my mind. I mean, they had a lot of problems, and your defense is doing a lot of that work for you. And I feel like they're building a lot of that on the fact that they're just hoping the defense saves them in every game. Kirk um, Cousins, 21 passes. Yeah. Like, even the Seattle offense, which and, is a rushing offense, like, Russell Wilson gets to pass at least 25, 30 times a game minimum. Like, 21 attempts for Kirk Cousins now. Sorry, if you if you own Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs or any of the passing game weapons for the Vikings, yeah, get still, out while you can. He's still doing well for me. I mean, Thielen put together two touchdowns, one off and yeah, one that, but it, it, it will falter th- lo- sooner or later. Touchdowns are variant. You know, yeah. Three for 55 is what he put on the stat sheet for receptions and yards, and that's not going to get it done on a weekly basis. Very true. Dalvin Cook is the one piece to own in this offense because clearly they're they're ready to run. Yeah. Leading the league and rushing so yep. far through three weeks. Like he has been a bright spot for them. Um, yeah. And the Raiders, uh, Darren Waller at tight end looks good. They said they want to pass the ball more to Josh Jacobs. Um, but after the week one victory that they had at home against Denver, um, the Raiders look like the Raiders again. Yeah. You know, you look at it and you get 134 yards production out of Waller and then it jumps down. To J.J. Nelson, who's getting 36 yards, uh, is definitely, you know, you're going to need more of a receiving production to be successful, and they have a lot of problems to look at or to deal with. They do. Okay, moving on to our next contested pick. We had Detroit going into Philadelphia, with Philadelphia giving up six and a half. Um, wound up being 27 to 24. The Lions went out right. I, I tell you, I, this is a game that surprised me. I thought this would be uh, not an easy victory, but a definitely guaranteed victory in my mind for the Eagles. I was shocked. I thought I they was definitely win. taken aback. Um, I thought this was going to be, you know, Wentz's, you know, home game to shine, and you know, Philadelphia home field game, and uh, a chance for the Eagles defense to show what they're made of. And the Lions came in and did some work for sure. Marvin Jones had a hell of a game. And they had the special the special team's 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown kind of set the tone early in the game. They got yeah. up to an early lead and were able to hang on. And, you know, the Eagles are, have a lot of injuries right now. Not that it's an, an excuse because it shouldn't be. But, um, well, yeah, they just thing, don't yeah. look like they're Super Bowl team from two years ago selves. Right. And now they're two games behind the Cowboys in the division. And that's a problem because... Now they're going to struggle to get a home playoff game if I, they even make the playoffs. Right. I thought it was a pretty good called game on Patricia's side of the ball of like to be up 20, 20 to 10 going at halftime. They really didn't, you know, fire away and let Stafford do his thing and fire loose. He threw for 32 times. You know, they kind of 
kind of not play too conservative ball, but enough conservative ball uh, to not give Philadelphia any chances for any takeaways to get them, you know, some momentum going in the second half to really get things going, which I thought was a well, well-called game on their side. So Detroit is 2-0-1. Who saw that coming? Not me. Okay. Speaking of not seeing it coming, we had the Kyle Allen-led Carolina Panthers headed to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Uh, the Panthers were only two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, and Underdogs. Arizona was minus two. Uh, maybe we had a different early in the week, yeah, because we didn't know. We You're right. We didn't find out Cam Newton was out until Thursday, and that's when the line changed. Yeah. That's, Fair enough. I mean, that's the that's one of the dangers of us doing this, doing these predictions uh, so early in the mm-hmm. week. But We're know. experts. <laughs> I'm good. We got this. <laughs> well, they did They did much better than, uh, than two and a half points. Um, what are your thoughts on Kyle Allen's performance, John? Fantastic. And think uh, Cam Newton is in danger, and I'm hearing it's a Liss Frank injury, and that could keep him out weeks, if not months. So he's going to have a chance to keep the job. Kyle Allen was one of the, like my favorite college players when I played college DFS a couple years ago from Texas A&M. He's a dual threat quarterback. He played with Kyler Murray at Texas A&M. He, Kyle Allen was the starter. Murray was the backup. Um, so... He looked good, but granted, it's Arizona. Arizona plays kind of a fast pace, so there's always going to be a lot of plays, a lot of action in the Arizona games. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a monster game. Uh, hey. 24 attempts for 153 yards. A lot of that coming on the, the huge 76-yard breakout play. but An extended week. You know, when you get a full week's of rest or you play the Thursday before and you don't have that time to recover and you're beat up as a running back, this goes back to my argument. I wanted to bring it up during this game, too, of, like, well, we need to get rid of fucking Thursday night football. It is just it just kind of kills you to watch it. It kills the, the action of the game. It kills the idea of, uh, of, you know, in my mind, fairly to be able to compete unless every team plays a Thursday night game. So, I don't know. He looked, he looked, he looked amazing. This kid is, is he did. He his really upside good. is just crazy in my mind. Okay, uh, and we already talked about the New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, but I wanted to mention it again. It was a contested uh, pick of yours, Marty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny had gone with the the Giants, and um, with Tampa Bay getting six and a half points. So go ahead and, and strike that as another win for you. Uh, it's getting a little ugly over here on, on the wins and losses. Johnny, is it? It's pretty fucking ugly. You've got so far one, two, three, four wins. Oh boy. Yeah, and uh, it's just going to be more red ink in the ledger here for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Pittsburgh and San Francisco. Um, Pittsburgh already notorious for for blowing uh, West Coast games. Wait, but I took Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's a win. They were getting six and a half. I think that you're not grading this properly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess you're right. I, you know what? I was just so heartbroken about the loss. I can't think of even think. <laughs> I can't even think of it as a as a win. I'm over here just like dancing. Like, <laughs> well, that God. wasn't a, that wasn't a contested pick for you. So you're you're still in the money. Ah, oh, all right. <laughs> uh, in fairness, Pittsburgh lost. 
Yeah, Pitts- Pittsburgh did lose. But I want to know. I we know about the Steelers. Tell me, tell me about the 49ers because I didn't see this game. Um, actually, I was uh, busy fishing markers out of out of a toilet. <laughs> oh, that's through, through most of this game, so I I was actually listening to it on the radio. Um, the the story of this game, especially in the first half, were uh, t- turnovers uh, for the 49ers. They, they and it was turnovers on a lot of miscommunication things like the the guy in motion would run into the ball on the, on the snap. Um, so there are a few fumbles that way. I believe it was, uh, what was it, four fumbles and two, two interceptions. Yeah. Um, I liked what I saw out of Devin Bush. He got on the ball. He had a fumble recovery. Um, it was awesome also. I know you asked about the 49ers, but the, well, the only good thing is... What is up with James Conner? Because I just looked in the advanced stats, and he is the last ranked running back as far as average yards per rush before contact. Honestly, I So th- he's not getting anywhere. Well, they're going to make the quarterback uh, try to be a quarterback. They're just stacking the line against this team right now. Too. Well, not, not, ben was in. not only he's that. He's not been good. Yeah, well, I think a lot he's of that. He's play on words right there. I he's think, not been good. I think a lot of that has to do. Sorry, Strongbow, Kraken. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I think Oof. I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Munchak leaving Pittsburgh and the, but the same line is guys are there on the line. They should know. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, but it's it's not the same. And he looked to be in incredible shape this year. Coming yeah. in. And yeah. now he's going down like a softy first touch. Going down like a softy. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, he I, is. I, he's getting blown on and he goes down. Yeah, Benny Snell had a, has looked good in relief, but they... Jaylen, is Connor in danger of losing snaps now? Jalen Samuels, I, I think, only had one or two snaps in this game. So he's not in danger of losing I snaps? Don't think so. I, so, I don't so know. Far, I don't think so. I don't know what's happening. Um, so one of the things I was expecting to see out of this game from the Steelers were Randy Feekner to have a offensive game plan and ex- execute that game plan in a way that made it easy for Mason Rudolph to not have to think too much. Be like, this is what you're doing, here we go. But you didn't see him run anything um, from the line. Uh, the, the whole first half, everything was out of the gun, and that really limits your ability to effectively run the ball, especially if your line isn't performing well. It limits... Uh, any play kind of action. play action or misdirection you can get to 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 buy him a lot a, a little bit of time to get through his reads and see his and see his receivers um i just you know juju had the one had the one big play but other than that he wasn't getting the ball vance mcdonald went down uh in the second quarter and i think that helped or excuse me i think that hurt a lot um, but I don't know. I, I it seems to be just a, a dereliction of coaching, which we've known has been the case in Pittsburgh for a long time, and uh, you know, arguably our our best assistant coach left uh, last year, um, in Mike Munchak, and I think we're we're seeing some of, some of the results of that. Yeah, they got some big problems. You have 23 minutes of possession time and you're 3 for 12 on third down conversion. Something is seriously wrong with your offensive play calling in my mind. 
Mm-hmm. I will say this. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick with uh, an interception and lots of tackles. He looked great. Um, you know, kind of one of the big things we were looking for from this um, Steelers defense that had a ton of sacks last year but still gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points is um, takeaways. So now to to see the interceptions and fumbles coming up, uh, it, it feels really good. And that's, that's one bright spot that I'm looking forward to. Um, but they had they had a chance to, to win this game and and James Conner fumbled it away so all in all um, not terribly impressed with Mason Rudolph but also not terribly discouraged either all right and we won't find out next week because San Francisco has a bye so and then they don't play weeks, I figured, yeah till the following Monday night yeah so when they play the host the Browns I think I believe so so the Browns we won't see them for almost two weeks. Okay. We have Houston at the L.A. Chargers. This is a little bit of a wild game to watch as well. Um, Houston winning 27-20. to 27-20. It was, you know, it took a little bit of time for Houston to kind of get rolling offensively, but once they did, it was, it was uh, quite the show. Um, we're talking they only had seven points in the first half. Chargers was rolling along, seventeen to seven at halftime, and somewhere the Chargers, uh, Philip Rivers, and the whole scheme just disappeared. Uh, they had to get outscored twenty to three in the second half of the game. Um, I feel like that's what Deshaun Watson does. That's what they do. They start slow and they wait for him to put it all on his shoulders and bring him back. Yeah, late. it's I, you know you, you gotta feel bad for a little bit. Deshaun Watson in that way you know he deserves a better offensive game plan offensive coach well I think they try to establish the run and I don't think there's really any the offensive running back terrible. yeah terrible and there's really nobody you know you're relying on Hyde to be your running back right there ten, you know 10 touches for 19 yards and they just decide hey we're just going to open it up and start slinging the ball another good game for Steels with with the Texans uh, keep that in mind he's had two good weeks now going in uh, great second option when Hopkins is being double covered, um, but also this is a reflection too of Philip Rivers. Uh, no interceptions this game, but he had a hard time completing the ball in, in the second half. Um, Keenan Allen monster game, you know, 17 targets, uh, 13 receptions for 183 yards and two TDs. But you know, wide receivers versus the Texans are always good. Yep. So. Hard game to gauge, but a good win for the Texans going in. And I don't even know where the Chargers really go from here in that division. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a cakewalk for the Chiefs, really, in that division. In my mind, there's no really going to contest them whatsoever. Um, unfortunately for you, Johnny, they might go in and kind of rest it into the playoffs. Okay. Keeping it moving. Um, we have the Saints at Seattle. 33-27, to the Saints win. Uh, I thought of the week. I thought it was going to upset gonna, of the week. Upset of the week, yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater holding his water. Um, Defense was good. They came out. They came out swinging. Hot start. Kamara looked good. Um, and I, Bridgewater and Peyton and the, their offense kept it so simple too. You know, they didn't force anything downfield. It wasn't any other any other 
receivers. He just kept throwing the ball to Kamara and Michael Thomas. Kamara, Michael Thomas. Kamara, Michael Thomas. Kind of like what you would want to see from the Steelers and Mason Rudolph. Keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Keep feeding it to Juju. Feed it to, uh, you know, Vance McDonald. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's not what we're Just keep it short. Check it down. Take what's given to you. You know, take the small profits. And that's what he did. And put the ball in the hands of his playmakers, you know? Yeah, I mean, he threw, like, three screens that were three yards behind the line of scrimmage. looked like nowhere to go, and Kamara makes positive yards out of it every time. Definitely to be noticed. I mean, Munster game by, holy moly, Munster game by Russell Wilson. 406 yards, two TDs, and he threw in 51 yards rushing on top of that for two TDs. I feel like a lot of that was late, though. It was all late, late, yeah. Yeah, but if you you decided to start him that game. Right, stats count, but I'm saying the Saints defense came, you know, I feel like they worked as a, as a team to go get that win, you know. So they lost yeah. the prior week. They lose Breeze in L.A., and they didn't even go back to New Orleans. They just went straight up to Seattle, spent the week, at, week up there, and I felt like it was a galvanizing yeah. trip for the team. And they came out, and they played complimentary football on offense and defense and set them up well for the, for the upset victory. And, yeah, Russell Wilson does what Russell Wilson does, especially at home late and he puts up monster stats but yeah. that was more were, of a comment for me if you're a fantasy owner yeah, you know yeah. not not as an organization like you know like you like you said those things came like in a little bit of a garbage time rather but, than but still you know they're down by three possessions with 10 minutes left in the game and you still don't feel like they're out of it and that that's no, a testament 20 points in the fourth yeah. quarter that's a, that's I mean, a, came on a testament hard to Russell Wilson yeah. for sure uh, did you see Pete Carroll get blasted in the face uh, with a ball? That yes. made me so happy inside Hilarious. A Absolutely. Hilarious. Did you see Chris Carson fumbled for the third time? Trouble there. Trouble there. Absolutely. They've been blowing this kid up. They don't want to talk about his turnovers. Penny was out last week, so watch out. If Penny gets healthy, Carson snaps and may go down. All right. Okay. Sunday night game we're going into? Yes, sir. L.A. at the Dog Pound, our last contested pick of the week. Johnny had Los Angeles minus three. Yeah, we lost that. This was my lock of the uh, century. Yeah. The lock. So uh, we, we hope you bet your house on it. I hope you did because the Browns stood no chance. I could have. Any one of three of us could have coached better than Freddie Kittens. That is true. That was mind-boggling going into There's something wrong that, with that final drive to be a running a former running back coach and you go into four straight possessions in the red zone to not even hand it off once. And then the one time, I mean, you put this the one times on Baker where he had the the open the he so the Rams defensive linemen, there are two of them, they line up on the tackles and so He's got the, the entire the middle, entire of the middle was wide open. open. Like he could have just been like, told told the center, "Hey, we're going. I'm going straight up the middle here. You lead the way, and we're going in." Yeah. But he oh, wanted it, Mr. Beeps. But he wanted to do it with his arm, I guess. Well, and even before that, with like nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the the Browns were down, and the Browns have the ball on the Rams' forty yard line, and it's fourth down and nine. Okay, and they ran a. Draw play to Nick Chubb on yeah. fourth and nine on the Rams forty. They said since they've been tracking each and every play in the NFL since two thousand seven with their advanced statistics, that play a draw play had not been called on fourth and nine 
Yeah, because it's a shitty idea. Because it's a shitty idea. <laughs> and I just feel like Freddie Kittens is out of his element. He coached four or five guys in a room last year in the running backs room. That's what he coached last year. And just because Baker Mayfield likes you, all of a sudden, you you deserve to be a head coach. He's out of his element. Yeah. And he, if you're going to be the head coach, great, be the head coach. But you, you don't need to be like, I'm going to still call plays. So they asked, are you going to... Because he admitted he did a terrible job calling plays. And they're, now they're asking him, are you going to continue to call plays or hand off the duties like a smart coach would? And he's like, no, that's not even an option. I'm not going to go there. Like, mm. you're the CEO now. Act Sounds like, like it. like my former Cowboys. Act like your CEO, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, don't, you, I don't know. Because he's... And, and, you know how many penalties their offensive line, their, their team, the Browns have committed to three weeks? 48. Oof. 48 penalties. The team needs a CEO. Yeah. And someone who can focus on calling offensive plays. I feel wow. like he was the coach that we, you were showing me that was doing coke on the sidelines. <laughs> it bothers me because everybody picked the Browns and they were the hot ticket team this year. You know, they were this year's Rams. And it's like, do you not see what you're like? What's going on here? The, the offensive line, the schedule is so tough. The offensive line is fucking terrible. The coach and the players are a show-off team where they, all they want to do is drop back and fire long right. bombs downfield, which if you have, like, like we talked plays. about this before, if we have a bad offensive line, you need to help it by short passes and run the ball. But they're just too stupid to get it, and they're not going to figure it out. And like I said previously, they're going to be 1-6 in six or 1-7, in seven, and here we yeah, fucking go. This angry Ravens team, going. you got to go into them next week. They're angry, want to prove something, losing to the Chiefs. You're going to go into that Baltimore Stadium, and you're going to get pounded in my mind. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to walk away with a loss there. And then if you go the following week and you lose to the 49ers. On Monday night in San Francisco with the undefeated done. Niners? Yeah. yeah they're going to lose. You're done. Yeah, so that's it. I mean, Sorry, if, Cleveland fans. Yeah, sorry, Cleveland fans. If there's any out there, I don't even know if that exists. This, one, this, is, this year is going to hurt, but it'll be a painful lesson. Yeah. Keep some of those fantasy players. Which they're sure not yeah. to learn. They're sure not to learn, right? Absolutely. Okay, speaking of not learning any lessons, um, the Chicago Bears went into But they did Washington. learn lessons. They went into Washington, and instead of resting their kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, who was clearly fucking hurt, they <laughs> let him play. But they got Trubisky outside and running out of the pocket, and they, got, they set Trubisky up for good play this week. They did learn. Good play, but it's like still you, against the Redskins, man. Yeah, it's like, that's that's it's like pistol stole, whipping a blind kid. I, right, three but you got to start somewhere. Your defense still <laughs> won that game. Your offense did not win that game, in my mind. I thought Trubisky looked. Good. He made some good throws when he was on the run. Right, okay, well, I don't know. I think it's a step in the right direction. Okay, all right. the Browns are not stepping anywhere in the right direction. They are stepping in all the wrong Us three directions. Three can go roll into any elementary yeah. school tomorrow and play three on three flag football with a couple second graders and look good. But that doesn't make <laughs> us good. All the stepping <laughs> in the right direction. <laughs> we should play tackle football. Oh yeah, absolutely. That'd be good on our old bodies. Maybe <laughs> 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 one's walking away limping still. You remember playing football in the yard and getting tackled, not a single pad, and you just pop right back up. Absolutely. I remember playing playing at church once. I came like out of the yard with a shiner. My grandma was horrified. Was she really? Like, what are you doing? Call football. Yeah. Well, actually, it's what you're not allowed to to call it this anymore. But it was it was smear the blank. You know. I'm sure, I'm, yeah. I'm I sure that can, one. Yeah. 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 Okay. At, in the church. In the blank. In the in the churchyard, we were playing that. 
Deep in the streets outside of Pittsburgh. You should have made that politically or religiously correct and call it Level the Devil. (laughs) (laughs) All right, he's the devil. You can hit him all you want. (laughs) But yeah, not a lot. Speaking of the devil in Pittsburgh, what's up with the dude selling all the messed up drugs in Pittsburgh? You see that story? He's killing them. He invited all these people to his party with the orange wristbands and like seven people died this past weekend. Jesus. Anyway, side story. Yeah. Um, were any sports involved in that? Speaking of P- Pittsburgh's side stories. Pittsburgh and the devil, that's all. Hopefully this is the last time we have to talk about this motherfucker ever again, but uh, Antonio Brown, uh, according to Twitter, is out of the league. Um, College student again. Yeah, has re-enrolled at Central Michigan. and I told him, I said, I, when he tweeted on retirement football, I said... You should teach a course at college. I said you should teach self sabotage one hundred and one by <laughs> Professor Brown. <laughs> you tweeted that at him. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. amazing. If you'd like to see gems like that, you can catch Johnny uh, at Green Mountain Grinder on Twitter. That's awesome. But there's some, some great memes this week for sure. I am pissed. I am pissed, and I'm granted I'm not as pissed as I was a few days ago, but I'm still pissed because. Can I just uh, let me let me start here, okay? When when you turned on any TV the last ten days, as soon as the Patriots signed Antonio Brown, whether it was the Today Show, Good Morning America, God forbid it was ESPN because it was ESPN twenty four fucking seven, and it was ridiculous, okay? Meanwhile, all these other stories that were going on, for instance, in Pittsburgh, we have their best player, uh, Felipe Vasquez. Um, we got a pro baseball player, Felipe Vasquez, in Pittsburgh was banging a 13-year-old. No yeah, one, we, and no we one talked cares. about that, yeah. And then we Yankees' number one star pitcher was suspended for domestic violence the week before the playoffs, and there's no mention of it on the news. Oh, and just a reminder that Tyreek Hill admitted to choking and beating his pregnant girlfriend and was on recording actually threatening his girlfriend and three-year-old son, yet nobody is pressuring the Chiefs to release him. So, to, I mean, Antonio Brown was accused of sexual assault, stifling people who worked for him into frauding charities. Can't be, can't play for the president, but can be president of the United States. That's absolutely, ooh. <laughs> well played. Well played. But yet, you know. It just bothers me to no end. It bothers me to have no a right end, to be angry? He did, the, he did the most forbidden thing you can do in the NFL, and you go after an owner. Once you go after an owner, it's But go, that was after the fact. Yeah, I get it, I get it, but like... You know, this whole thing of, like... I'm Patriots just... never would have released him. Yeah. They never would have released him. They shouldn't have been forced... They shouldn't have been pressured to release him. Because all these other teams get to keep their players, and it's no big deal. Yeah, and but yet, the... But the, the Patriots, once they got Antonio Brown, it was on. The timing of all these stories, the timing of the sexual assault, the timing of the Sports Illustrated hit piece article that came out. Not to like, that was bullshit. Not text this girl and just... Fucking toe the line. Yes, he's That's dumb. He he's dumb. He's a bad person, and I get that. I get all that. But the Patriots were fucking railroaded by the media in this one, and they had to cave because I'm told that it was the Patriots. They didn't want to release him, and it wasn't the crafter. Crafter was forced to release him because of the sponsors of the Patriots that were going to be pulling out. If, if they, they didn't release him, and that's fucking bullshit. And the media fucking did that. The media did this. Because the media hates the fucking Patriots. Once again, I've got to deal with the fucking media hatred toward the Patriots. And well, they can't have anything nice around. I yeah, just, I just want to say... Like, you can also spin it to say... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I just want to say that the opinions of John Downing do not 
necessarily reflect the opinions of all on uh, the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. Go ahead, Marty. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I mean, I, I kind of give it to the Patriots to, you know, go ahead and, and let him go in a lot of ways because there's a lot of franchise franchises that will just endure that and say, fuck it, we need to win or whatever, and they lower their standards and whatever the case may be. I don't think they're in the position uh, to do that. I just, I just really don't think... I, I just almost want to commend them a little bit to, to say that they followed through. Whether they want to lose sponsorships or not, it's easy to say, like, hey, we can take this guy, go ahead, win the championship, and all our sponsors would come back, or all the fans would forget, but they, they stepped up and they followed through, and all this guy had to do when they came in, like we said, is not fucking get on his phone, yeah, not do mouth. stupid shit, and, like, that just was, in my mind, after one week, you catch a touchdown pass, you're winning, we're accepting you in our arms, you're showing that you can practice well, we can move forward. You can move forward as a human being, mature, but you just reverted back to being a dumb fucking piece of shit, texting, and you couldn't follow through. Texting his yeah. The, the, so, the do they just say, "All right, he, he messed up. Let's slap him on the wrist and go out and you know, or let something else even worse happen?" You know, following following week four, it just sucked because like I was so excited, and I feel like they need. I was excited for the Patriots, and I feel like they're gonna need him once it comes time. For Kansas City this year, and you know the the Dallas game, and the yeah, I don't but think that's so, that's what happens when you bring a cancer to you. Bad shit happens. Like bad shit follows this guy because he's a bad guy, and they sh- they should have known better than to pick him up. And I feel like there's going to be enough teams come week eight, week nine that are going to start dumping players too that they can pick up as well. That's a good point. I just I'm worried that we can't. AKA Jarvis Landry. I'm worried that we can't trust Josh Gordon, and that's not a worry. That's been you proven true. Gonna, you <laughs> that think Josh Landry's, Gordon? You think Landry's gonna want to get away from his uh, butt boy Odell? I think something. Or right. his? How about his two targets a game? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's I, getting. I think something will fall over on that side. I think you're gonna see a lot of players or pick up a Fitzgerald or somebody like that. I don't know. I think you might see a big pickup. Somebody just released somebody. I'm just worried that. that Josh Gordon won't be around when we need him. Like, Josh Gordon's always been that way his entire life. So, and it might be a thing to say, hey, this is your time to prove you don't have to be the Antonio Brown. But every you week have I have to worry cares. about whether he's snorting cocaine or not. Well, you know what? Well, he is. The, yeah. he is. He is. He is. <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, <laughs> and then the week before the Super Bowl, he won't be available, I'm sure, for the Super Bowl. That's How do we end up on these They'll picks still this win. week? They'll still win. So, uh, for, contested. for contested picks, uh, Marty uh, won this round handedly 4-2, f- to two, uh, bringing the total for the season so far since week two, since we just uh, started this last week, uh, to 7-5. and five. Boom. Take that, Johnny. <laughs> Sweep the leg, Johnny. Hmm. Okay, so we just finished the week that was. Let's look at the week that is to be. In two week days. four. In two days because of fucking Thursday night football. Well, we have a, a good Thursday night game this week, right? <laughs> a good Thursday night game that will be made really bad. Philadelphia <laughs> at Lambeau. How bad will this game be? Uh, it could be ugly. Could be, it could ugly. be very ugly. Johnny, what are you going to line How for How many this? penalties we got for this game? All right, let's load up week number four of the NFL. And we have Green Bay minus four and a half points at home over the Eagles. The Packers are three and oh. Eagles are one and two. I'm going to 
be the sucker dumbass that's going to take the road team on a short Thursday week. I'm going to do it. I'm going with the Eagles, plus four and a half. Because of some desperation? I just feel like if they go one and three, they're in trouble. I think they could be in trouble. I'm just going to come out right away and just take Green Bay right there. You're going to lay down and let me river dance on you. I'm going to do it. Oh, shit. I'm only going to lose by three. Wentz will lead them no back. Late, the backdoor cover. Yeah. Late touchdown to cover. All right. They'll be I'm down actually... by ten. Score late touchdown. They'll only lose by three. You're even like describing the game. That's backdoor cover. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. And then we have Tennessee at Atlanta. All right. So this is the battle of the one and two teams, and Atlanta is minus four. I'm going Titans plus four. The Falcons <coughs> are reeling right now, and. The Titans were what we what we last saw from the Titans was the shitty Thursday night division game at Jacksonville where you know the road team hardly ever gets shows up in that game. So but what we last have from the Titans is an ugly showing. So they're undervalued. So I feel like, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I actually agree with you on that one. So yeah. I won't even touch that. Going Titans plus four. Yeah, very good. Okay, Cleveland at Baltimore. Yeah, Browns one and two at the Ravens two and one. We have Baltimore minus seven. I think the books are sharpening up here because that's about what I like. I like Baltimore by at least a touchdown. Right. Um. Yeah. I'm going Ravens minus seven. And you'd back away from that if that was seven and a half. Probably. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I don't want to touch that game. I think. <laughs> I, th- I think Baltimore wants to come back after, like I said earlier, losing to the Chiefs. Defense has something to prove. You got some big names on the Browns receiving core. I think they want to prove that they can shut down a high powered offense. And uh, once again, we show the uh, uneducated experience of kittens going into this game. Yeah. Okay, very interested to hear your thoughts on New England at Buffalo. Well, I think that I already gave away my pick here, um, or, or I hinted towards what I'm going to pick. I worry about the Patriots' injuries. They just lost fullback James Devlin for the season. Although, if you think that's it for the Patriots and their fullback offense, it's not because they just signed an international pool football player from Germany last spring. He was actually forced onto the Patriots. I'm hearing about this guy. He was forced onto the Patriots, and he was the 91st guy on the off in yeah. the, on the team, and they didn't expect him to make it. But he improved greatly. He had some devastating blocks in the preseason. Um, he played college football at Tennessee for four years. Anyway, his name is Jakob Johnson, and he's going to be lighting, lighting defenders up and uh, paving the way for the Patriot running backs and Sonny Michelle against the Bills. However, I am worried about the other parts of the Patriots' offensive line and some of the other injuries like Julian Edelman, and I think the Bills will be fired up. I'm going to take the Bills plus seven in the battle of the 3-0 and teams here. Going against my Patriots because I do worry about this line. And I'll go back to what we said earlier. I think it'll be a very tough game for, for two quarters. The New England will get it together. The play calling and the experience will come to to light, and I'll take New England. And I'll even uh, Johnny, I'll I'll even give you three points in this, and I still pick New England. I don't want your charity. <laughs> I tried. Charity, you heard me. I tried. I tried. At least I'm the only I'm the only true New England fan here. And yeah. believe in them. I'm not good at the valuing of my own team. Yeah, I never have. It's hard. For, fan- yeah, exactly. for fantasy wise or for spread wise, I've never been good at the 
valuing my own. The, the Too value much emotion involved. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't want to get... Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Patty Mahomes, the no-look slinger, heading to Detroit. Another battle of undefeateds. Chiefs 3-0 at Lions 2-0-1. The Chiefs are minus 6. What's up with that? Shouldn't they be minus 10? I got Chiefs minus 6.5 in mine, but... I'm taking Lions plus 6. I... Yeah, Something's I mean, I here. just something. I mean, it's it's very interesting. I don't know. Their defense looked good against Philly this past week. That's not. That's just. I'll take an undefeated home dog. Undefeated home dog. Yeah, Let's take them. All right. I'm not gonna touch that one. All right, for Car- sure. Carolina at Houston. Okay, so we have the one and two Panthers at the two and one Texans. Houston is only minus four, which is a little surprising to me. But again, again, that's I think Vegas has caught on to how Houston plays. They don't blow teams out; they let them hang around and they win at the end. But I may be the sucker. I'm gonna lay points here. I'm gonna go Houston minus four. I'm gonna jump on Carolina covering wow. that. Really? Yeah. Because Watson's gonna lead a late. Late charge for the win. Yeah, I, I really think that... Uh, that's what they do. Yeah, that's what they do, and I think this will be another big game for McCaffrey. Uh, just kind of spreading him out in right receiver sets, moving him around, keeping that defense on its toes, and it's hard to game plan around, around a quarterback who just came in last week and did well. So uh, it's got Houston has to think a little bit how to go about this defensively. Oh yeah, so and and it's a homecoming for Kyle Allen because yep. he he played two years at Texas A and M. How close is Texas A and M to Houston? Brian, Texas to Houston's probably about roughly two two and a half hours. But that's still which, pretty close. Yeah, for Texans, that's just a day drive. Yeah. So that's okay. Cool. So Kyle Allen might show out in this game. Yep, could be again. Oh, okay. and then he played at Houston too afterwards. So he first two years at Texas A and M, and then he was third year was yeah. Houston Cougar. Yep. So, yeah, you change it. I like your pick now. Because <laughs> hey, that, read, that reads well. That that narrative reads right? well, doesn't it? We can Kyle that. Allen comes back home. The yeah. upsets the Texans. Not bad. Not a bad homecoming. Not a bad homecoming. I bet he's going to have at least 50 to 100 he's friends me, and family there. Up. Yeah, I like it. I'll, 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 ride, with, I'll ride with my uh, Houston pick, but just remember this conversation. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, moving on to Oakland at Indianapolis. All right, Raiders one and two at Colts two and one. And the Jacoby Brissett party is off and running, and the Colts are minus six and a half. This uh, you know this looks like two teams headed in completely opposite directions. Colts look like they are headed uh, north. The Raiders look like they're heading south, and the spread is six and a half. So I have a tough time on this game. I mean, every all the indicators would say take the Colts minus six and a half, and I, I see no reason to do anything otherwise. So, but that's when you lose these games because no, well, who's gonna bet on the Raiders this week? Who? Nobody. No. I'm, I'm not. I'm taking the Colts on this one. <laughs> all right, Chargers at Miami. All right, Chargers one and two at the zero and three Miami Dolphins. Chargers are minus sixteen favorites. Uh, going into Miami. Jeez, another tough one here. Um, is the Miami ever going to put up a fight? 
No? All right, Chargers minus 16. <laughs> I'll take Miami right here. Oh, wow. Yep. wow. Here we Here's go. my thinking. You're dealing with a lot of uh, injuries on the on the Chargers side, even if they get out ahead in a nice cushion. I think you protect. Yeah, I, think you, I think you protect a lot of your players. Take them out. Miami gets a little roll at the end. Say they're down by twenty three. Get that touchdown. They cover right there. Boom. Much like Marty's search history, Johnny's got a lot of backdoor action going on. <laughs> <laughs> Stay off my Pornhub. <laughs> Washington at New York Giants. Okay, 0-3 Redskins Ooh. at the 1-2. Daniel Jones led Giants minus Saquon Barkley. Giants are minus 3. I mean, this is another game where every better in the world is going to take Daniel Jones and the Giants minus 3, right? So let's join them and lose. Let's join them and lose. Let's join them and lose. Because that's ridiculous. They're minus 3. Who, who's going to take the Redskins in that game? Nobody. No. This I think this is a Fox game of the week coming into this week too. <laughs> That's gonna be the most. We're we're, do, we're we're playing the role of suckers this week. The Raiders and the Redskins are gonna make us look like the suckers you this think week. Think so? Yeah. All right. Because something's right. up. Something's fishy. <laughs> we'll see how that works out. Another fishy matchup, a uh, fishy line. I'm sure. Seattle at Arizona. Seattle minus five, at Arizona. Seattle is 2-1 at Arizona, who is 0-2-1. Now, this game is always a close game. These two teams always play a really close game. Mm-hmm. Arizona plays the fast pace. Seattle wants to run the ball. I'm locked into my pick. What are you doing? Actually, yeah, I'm going to go Seattle minus 5. Oh, I have Arizona. First home win. I mean, this these two teams hate each other. Yeah. They play each other hard, but... I just feel like the Seahawks will bounce back this week. But something always goes wrong for them in Arizona, whether it's like a, a, a missed extra a freak, point a or a tipped. missed field goal yeah, or something or stupid always happens bad yeah. for them down there. That, that's their house of yeah. horrors. That's where they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. That's their personal house of horrors. <laughs> All right, so but I'm going Seahawks minus five. All right, Arizona on my side. I, I mean, do we have sketchy picks we have this week. Right so here. that's five contested picks for you, Marty? Okay. We got one more. Tampa Bay at uh, Los Angeles Rams. Okay, Buccaneers one and two at the Rams three and zero. Oh. Rams are minus ten, and I like this game to go over whatever the fucking total is here. Take the over. Four, Forty nine and a half. Forty nine and a half. Take the over. This isn't my lock of the century, but it's gonna be my lock of the month. Let's do that. Lock of the month is lock the of over. the month is the over yep. on that. Okay, so... And so if only bet your car on it? Yeah, so if you're playing DFS, load up on Rams, Jared Goff at home, pair him up with a receiver, preferably two, um, and then run it back with one of the Buccaneers receivers, probably Godwin, because Evans had three touchdowns last week, so Aqib Tlaib will be on Evans, so go with Godwin, um, and hope for the high-scoring shootout. Um, but the <coughs> 10 points, let's get back to the 10 points. Um... Can Jameis keep it within 10? That's the question. No. no. Rams. Yeah. Rams minus 10. I think they get shelled. I think they're a little defeated after that loss last week. But they'll put up some points. I think Godwin can still get 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. All right. Uh, Minnesota at Chicago. 
Okay, division matchup. Vikings 2-1 at the Trubisky Bears 2-1. And, and the Bears are minus 2.5. We've seen that the Vikings want to run, not pass, which is probably the formula to beat this Bears team because they set you up when you try to pass the ball. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll send the cornerbacks to cover underneath and the safeties over the top, and they force the bad throws and the interceptions. So I think the running Dalvin Cook with the Vikings and, and Madison a little bit is a good formula, but... I like the Bears and Trubisky at home, but I'm gonna go Bears minus two and a half here. Bears advance to three and one, I think. I'm not touching this game. It's a tricky one. Yeah. The the thing that bothers me about this line is I don't believe that the, up. that the that the Bears can win by a field goal, especially not if it's late in the game and if it's a long one. Pinero looked bad. He looked very hurt, and like they probably should have rested him for what was sure to be a, a shellacking. Um, I, th- I think that's going to come back and haunt them. We got the uh, and they're on a short week too after playing Monday night on the road. That's thirty-eight total points. That might be a, an under. All right, I'm changing right my there. pick here. I'm going Vikings plus two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, Bears short week on the road, kicker issues. Vikings are going to be ready for this game. I think Vikings just lost that. You're going to have Cousins on the run all game long. You really going to stick with that one? No, they're going to run the ball. Yeah, I think they're going to protect that, though. They're going to run the ball. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I'm going Vikings plus two and a half. That's, that stadium is going to be loud. You can basically, you know, you come out of that game and with the, you know, say say Green Bay loses at that point and you can be the division leader going out of Chicago as a home game coming out of that right there. I think they're going to be jazzed up. You want any of that action, Marty? No, I'm saving one. Okay. For the sixth. So we have Jacksonville at Denver. Okay. This is a rematch of the 1996 um, AFC playoff game here. Jaguars 1 and 2. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? Well, you remember that game, don't you? Don't you remember it well with Mark Brunel oh, at John Elway? And the Broncos were huge favorites. Brunel. And Brunel and Jimmy Smith. And Keenan McCardle went in there and upset him. Yeah, yeah I was eight years old. It, the, like, b- the battle, dominated the, battle of the immobile quarterbacks. Yeah, you remember that game? <laughs> that, I remember that game well. That game was a shocker for me. All right, so the Jaguars, and it was great because that meant All that the sexual terms, shocker, well, backdoor action. Well, it's great because the Jaguars had to come to New England to play the Patriots that yeah. year. Otherwise, the Patriots were going to have to go to the Denver to try to get to the Super Bowl. Right. So it really set the Patriots up for that Super Bowl run in '96. All right, Jaguars 1-2 and two at Broncos 0-3. Denver is minus 3, and I don't want this action. I'm going to pass. <laughs> Got to pick something, Johnny. Fuck off. All right, I'll go. God damn it. I don't, I don't know. Denver has not done anything defensively. No sacks, no turnovers. No takeaways, I should say. Jaguars plus 3. Talk him into that, right? Jaguars plus three. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The Sunday night game. This is going to be an awesome game. These lines are sketchy this this week, dude. Why is the line only two and a half? Early in the week. It's still early, too. It could change a little bit. But, yeah, that's a little bit shocking for me. Because who isn't going to take the Cowboys here? Dallas at New Orleans. Cowboys are America's popular team, like the Steelers. Like you know, they're a, a, a popular American team that people love to bet on. Right. 
And so, not only that, but they're a really good team this year. The Saints are at home without their quarterback. The Cowboys beat them last year pretty handedly in Dallas. So, if you follow football at all, I think you would take 3-0 Cowboys minus 2.5 at the 2-1 Saints. But you will lose. So, I'm going to take the Saints plus 2.5 here. I was saving my last one for this. I'm taking Dallas. I absolutely love that you know what Johnny's picks are going to be ahead of time. A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. I know I'm, know I'm pretty well now yeah. how that special mind thinks. It reminds me, sometimes the way Johnny thinks about these picks, it reminds me of, um, what's his name in Princess Bride? The inconceivable <laughs> guy. It's like, like what, but I know that you know... <laughs> That I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that can possibly oh, be the case. God, I wish we had the advanced ability to do sound bites on this show. That'd be <laughs> best. But it's so simple. All I have to do is divine from what I know of you. Are you the sort of man who would put the poison into his own goblet or his enemies? Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely. <laughs> <laughs> budget so doesn't true. We can't do it in our budget. It's non-existent. All <laughs> right, we got one more. Yes, we do. Yep. It's your boys. Monday Night Football. It's a barn burner. Oh, 0-3. 0-3 versus 0-3. Oh, my God. Who's going to be the worst in that division? <laughs> it is definitely going to be a battle for exactly that. Pittsburgh hosting the Bengals at home. Monday Night Football. We got to see more from the defense. If, it's, if the defense can keep that ginger prick <laughs> out of the end zone. Dalton. I we should be, be okay. Bigger. All right, so the line here, we get the Bengals 0-3 at Steelers 0-3, Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh minus 4. I like Pittsburgh minus 4. Yeah. Love, I, to, love to see Mason get his uh, his first career win. Well, Pittsburgh has an ownership issue with Cincinnati, right? They own that, own that ass? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And you gotta, you, you definitely got a game plan that this is your chance to get off the snide and, and get your victory. You got to win as, if you're a Steelers if you're the Steelers, you got to win. That was the luckiest play I've ever seen. <laughs> this is how sad we are. We're watching the replay game of Baltimore and Kansas City as we're doing this podcast right now. <laughs> it's guy porn. It's guy porn. Look at this. Get ball gets tipped by the defender, then tipped by Michael Hardman, then he runs across the formation to get 15 yards. That kid's speed is ridiculous. And Mahomes, that is not a Brady block. He just slid. <laughs> Brady 18, actually, 18 years how many Brady blocks are out there did you there, see though? last week okay um, last week enough. he actually made contact <laughs> <laughs> okay Johnny alrighty so Johnny's made his picks for week 4 against the spread now keep in mind John went 6 and 10 in week 3 so uh, it's been a rough start to the football season for me. <laughs> it, it has been like DFS wise, I, you know I've gone one and one on you know I go play FanDuel, DraftKings, about the same amount of money. I've gone one and one each of the first three weeks on daily fantasy. I'm up a little bit, but you know nothing 
I follow I follow like three guys on CBS Sports Line that usually have a great year, and all of them have losing records right now. It's, it's been be and fantasy wise, I'm six and twenty one so yeah. far after three weeks. It's been it's been a wild start for for me. Big as injuries well. too, though. You know, it's like some of the stuff. You, I mean, this is why they play the games any given Sunday, right? It's been a, a um, low scoring season so far too. Like I remember last year we were talking about how high scoring the league was. Yeah. Remember we were going into that big Rams Chiefs game and the the league was all about the scoring and the offense. And now this year, I feel like it's been underwhelming as far I think as the it's points. A bit, it's the yeah. swing of the pendulum. Right. A little bit of that, but also some key quarterback injuries as well. Yeah. Other injuries that that come to light. So, uh, you know, definitely some teams which. Two teams we watch right now have no trouble scoring whatsoever. So, yeah. all right. Well, we should wrap it up. It's been a long one today, boys, as it usually is during the season. Uh, you can find Johnny on Twitter at Green Mountain Grinder. That's Green MT Grinder. You can find the podcast on Facebook at Green Mountain Sports and on Instagram at Green Mountain Sports. For me and the boys, I'd like to say thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, follow, share, uh, do whatever you can. If you find us on Facebook, it's totally awesome. We're always sharing memes and funny shit on there. So uh, chime in. Yes, I'd like to have a little discourse. Oh, and so next week we'll need to do a quick little baseball preview setup. If you remember last year, we owned yeah. the baseball playoffs. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do a little bit of our research, get honed in, even though our Red Sox aren't in it. I know you're all over the top of it, Johnny, because uh, fantasy-wise, you're in deep right now and, mm. and uh, stressing, so uh, definitely we'll, we'll catch knows? up we, to it. Maybe we can get our buddy Liam in on it, too. All right. All right. Well, we'll look, uh, look forward to that, and we'll look forward to you listening. <laughs> Take it easy guys.